Coming up on the WAC Podcast, it's our first week of championships. Cross country will be decided on Saturday. We have Stephen F. Austin head coach Robert Hansen on the show today. He'll talk about the Lumberjacks getting ready to host the first championship of the fall. Speaking of championships, the women's soccer regular season comes to an end this Saturday. So we'll have the brackets out Saturday night and next week is their tournament. And we'll be talking about that. Plus a couple of nail biters and football involving Stephen F. Austin. What a surprise. That's all ahead on the WAC podcast. Welcome to the WAC podcast. Today's episode is presented by Hercules Tires. And now, here are your hosts, Eric Danner and Kendra Sheehan. It's championship week in the WAC. It's going to be championship week for like four weeks in a row. I'm not going to see Kendra Sheehan in person for like a month. I know, Kendra Sheehan remotely right now, for those of you listening to the show. Got a big announcement coming up. I should have mentioned that in the open. Let's start with that. Yeah. It's a big surprise, a uh, big secret. It's a bit. So, I mean, do we, do we reveal well, Actually, it? this might be coming out. This podcast might be coming out on Friday and the announcement will already have been made. Okay. So we can talk about it. Yes. All right. All right. All right. So if you didn't <laughs> know, the WAC is in Texas. Specifically Arlington. In Texas, in the city of Arlington. Going to have the mayor here. The mayor. Yes. Mayor Ross is going to be here Thursday. Uh, going to have a, a Zoom press conference with him. Uh, he's going to tour the office. So make sure your work area is clean, Kendra. Yeah, definitely. Uh, we'll be coming in tomorrow morning to uh, straighten <laughs> up a few things. You know, you guys got to understand, we did move into this office about two, not even two weeks ago. So our official. Uh, Still our- unpacking some boxes. Right. We're, there's still a few things missing. My little uh, stand-up mirror that was once on my desk could be, you know, a bit the when, dust. We, when we go to a championship and we're opening up boxes, boom, it could appear. You never know. Because if I'm a mover and I smash a mirror like that, it might have just, hey, I never saw it. You know, it's <laughs> kind of like the TV in here <laughs> with the smash screen. Yeah. That, These uh, things happen sometimes when you move. Yeah. So anyway, we got the city of Arlington announcement. That's a big deal. We've been uh, working on you had an opportunity, Kendra, to tour some of the sites of Arlington and maybe, uh, dare I say, a VIP access on some of them. VIP access. So I I went over to uh, the Six Flags that's in the area. Six Flags over Texas. Yes, I was going to say it's called Six Flags over Texas. It's the Arlington location. And a shout out to uh, Steve who works over there. He took me on a great tour. Um, got some got some VIP access to the roller coasters. You know, riding the first car, which is always exciting. Um, Fright Fest was going on too, and it, it still will be going on until I believe Halloween. So there's still yeah. time to check that out. Then I went over to Globe Life Field. That's where the Texas Rangers play. They got the retractable roof for their stadium. It's pretty cool. Um, and then. We'll be showing you a little bit of UTA. We went to their Mav Madness, which is essentially the community kickoff or tip off for football, trying to get everybody excited for the season. So they do some cool things there. Um, but there's plenty of stuff to do in Arlington, as, as we have found out. Of course, the Cowboy Stadium also here. So yeah, cool AT&T video Stadium. And, 
Yeah, you look be out able, the window yeah. and and we see AT&T Stadium, Globe Life Field right by AT&T Stadium. Six Flags is what, five minutes from the office here? I mean, so we're right in the heart of where a lot of things are happening. Uh, also, UTA, just a few miles down the road as well. You mentioned you went to Mad Madness. You also saw Abilene Christian uh, come to UTA to play volleyball uh, the other night. So it's not only an opportunity to to see all these great things in Arlington, but an opportunity to see a lot of the schools as the light goes out in the <laughs> office here. <laughs> an opportunity to see a lot of the uh, schools as they come in here. And, you know, we're, we're an hour and a half from Tarleton. We're a couple hours away from Stephen F. Austin, where you're going to be for the cross-country championships, a couple hours away from Abilene Christian. So uh, much uh, easier access to, to our schools uh, here in the uh, great city of Arlington. Yeah, super excited because, you know, cross-country, we're able to go. We're just driving over and then staying for the football game. Should be Could another be sideline great- reporter. Exactly. Yes. We'll be on that broadcast, our ESPN plus broadcast on the sidelines. Stephen F. Austin is hosting Utah tech for homecoming Utah tech on a five game losing streak, looking to turn things around. Stephen F. Austin, obviously continuing to roll. So that should be, should be a great one, but yeah, very convenient to be within driving distance and uh, super excited to be, be in Arlington. Stephen F. Austin defeated Southern Utah 41 to 38 in Cedar City this past week. The second time in three weeks, Stephen F. Austin has won a game by a final score of 41 to 38. I don't know what the magic number is there because the uh, week before that, they also scored 41. So they've scored 41 three weeks in a row. That's uh, that's that's interesting. It is certainly interesting. I know that Coach Carthel was excited about the offense starting back at uh, after the Battle of the Piney Woods. Um, so they really seem to be coming together at the right time. Of course, you know, Trey Self is at the helm for them. He's their four-year starter. He's got tons of experience. And so he's been leading this team. And, of course, they've got some great receivers, too, Xavier Gibson. We had some cool uh, – Cool plays from from him this weekend as he was also i believe our ticket smarter offensive player of the week he certainly was and also set a uh, a school record uh with 256 yards receiving against southern utah a real shootout between justin miller and trey self a lot of fun to watch that game utah tech who's going to be the uh, visitor this week they gave sam houston a, a pretty good matchup uh as you know, Sam Houston, not eligible for the playoffs or transitioning team to FBS. They go to Utah Tech, a team that's uh, still uh, looking for their second win of the season. They went 18 to 13. So maybe a little bit closer of a matchup than uh, some people might have expected, Kendra. Yeah, I think that definitely was a matchup that, uh, you know, people didn't didn't necessarily expect. We got as the football season, you know, runs through its course, we only have a few more weeks and standings. If we take a look at them are pretty close right now. I mean, Stephen F. Austin, ACU, both two and O Sam, Sam Houston, not eligible, but Tarleton right there, one and two, and you got Southern Utah and Utah tech, but it's, it's a pretty close battle. And we like to see uh, those close games. We sure do. ACU will be at North Dakota this Saturday and Tarleton hosts Sam Houston on Saturday night. Uh, Kendra, you mentioned you're going to be at Stephen F. Austin for these events, the cross country championships coming up on Saturday, bright and early 8 a.m. the first race. So you better uh, get your coffee out. Yeah. Well, if you look at our, our schedule that our wonderful championships coordinator for that Rebecca Ray, who's 
Uh, Going to be on the show, I believe, here uh, next week, possibly. Ah, yes. yes. Okay. She sent it out, and, and it actually has staff arrival time at 6 a.m. 6 so a.m. Talk about coffee. I mean, happy birthday. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> happy birthday to me. Yeah, so you get to you get to spend more of the day because you're not going to be sleeping that much. Well, really, my birthday is essentially Friday. Oh, it's Friday. Okay. But you a know, continuation thereof. It continues into the weekend, continues into the rest of the month. The end. So of the cross country championships polls are out. California Baptist picked to win both men's and women's. They did this in the spring of 21. So that was kind of the funky year where we didn't have a fall 20 because of COVID. So they ran cross country in the spring that year. CBU did the double men's and women's that year. Uh, this past fall of 21, they win the men's, but didn't win the women's. There was kind of an upset where Utah Valley won last year. But coming into this championship, we have California Baptist, both their men's and women's teams, Kendra, are both ranked in the top 25 in the nation. Yeah, our, should be a lot of uh, good competition. And what we're told is we'll he speak with uh, Stephen F. Austin, head coach, in just a bit, is that this course is a pretty fast course. And so we should see a lot of you know great things, especially coming from our, our schools that were are over in, in the West um, and Utah Valley being you know one of those teams that that come on strong at the end. I think it was a shock to a lot of people when they upset uh, California Baptist last season. So don't count them out. And it's really, you know, with the, with the, you know, fast course that we mentioned, I think we also should mention that it could be raining a bit. And sometimes that, uh, that factors in. <laughs> could be, could be. And uh, I mentioned this to coach Hanson uh, in the next segment, but uh, we saw that happen in Seattle at track last year where we had rain and we actually saw a lot of records fall. And I don't know the exact correlation. I'm not a scientist, but uh, <laughs> the uh, the cooler temperatures sometimes uh, can be beneficial, perhaps, to the long distance runners. Because in the 10K in Seattle last year, when we had a bunch of rain, uh, we saw eight runners uh, break the previous school or the previous conference record, which had stood for like 20 years. So maybe we could see some. Uh, I don't know if we'll see records falling, but uh, be hard to be California Baptist from a few years ago because they they had a perfect score, which uh, they had the top five runners one two three four five, which almost never happens in uh, in that sport. But uh, they will also be eligible for the NCAA's this year, so I know Coach Tribble was excited about that. Uh, as CBU being nationally ranked, we go into the regionals after this, and then nationals after that. So it'll be interesting to see where teams are as we head into the conference championships yeah and stay tuned for on our social media especially on friday likely when the podcast will be released who knows but because uh hopefully i'll be having a chance to speak with coach Tribble uh, at practice just to see where where his uh team's at you know with both teams picked to win um we'll see what uh what he's feeling headed into <laughs> the weekend certainly will and uh Women's soccer final week of the regular season is here and two teams clinched spots in the WAC tournament last week, Seattle U and Utah Valley. Uh, no surprise to anybody who's followed WAC soccer for the last five, six years. These are two teams that have been fighting for the conference championship. Uh, aside from last year when Seattle U had a kind of a surprising down year, Kendra, where they didn't even qualify for the WAC tournament. Uh, 
I think the previous four years before that, it was Seattle U versus Utah Valley in the conference championship or in the semifinals, they would meet up with each other. And that'll be uh, interesting to see how this shakes out. We talked a little bit. Remember we had Chris Sissel on at the beginning of the season, they're picked number one and they, they got off to a real rough start, but as we head down the stretch here, they're in good position to uh, qualify for the WAC tournament. Yeah. Only six teams make it. So it's a really tough field to be able to get one of those six qualifying spots. And just as I look at the standings now, it is so close. Yeah. Grand Canyon did get off to that pretty rough start. They faced a lot of tough teams, especially, um, in the uh, non-conference play. And so they're always contenders, but you look at that sixth spot going to, you know, either California Baptist, Southern Utah, right there with a similar record, Stephen F. Austin still in the mix with four wins. I mean, it's, it's going to be really tough and a, a total battle for that final spot. And then as you go into the tournament, you know, I can see that six seeds still being able to make a run. Southern Utah was a team uh, on top of the conference for, for a stretch there, Kendra. Grand Canyon, they've won five in a row. You look at the top, Seattle U and Utah Valley. Seattle U won six in a row. Utah Valley's won four in a row. So we're, we're definitely seeing you know, the cream rising to the top, if you will, in women's soccer. That'll start next week in Seattle, and I'll be heading to that. And then men's soccer the following week, Kendra, Air Force clinching a spot in the conference tournament as well with a couple of weeks left to go and. Uh, they they continue to roll, uh, and it seems like Doug Hill, their coach, he, he's he's had a really good thing going for the last four or five years, especially. And uh, Thaddeus Doing continues to be a, an outstanding player for Air Force. Yeah, Thaddeus Doing is is an all time great. He'll definitely go down in the history of Air Force as one of the elite players. Six and zero in the WAC. They're always pretty solid. Last year. They were in the WAC tournament. They uh, they didn't make it to the championship. So I know that that's probably something that weighs on their mind. San Jose State following them. They're sitting at 4-1 Seattle U reigning uh, WAC tournament champions. Again, this is another pretty one, two, three, four, five, six, pretty close uh, field with Grand Canyon right now at this point, holding on to that last spot, two, two, and two. But there's a Utah Valley right there in the mix and it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. But uh, air force looking solid and definitely one that uh, teams are keeping an eye on for sure. And the week after that will be the volleyball tournament in Edinburgh and UTRGV is, is continues on their uh, streak of eight wins. Uh, we could be seeing some clinchers this upcoming week in the sport of volleyball, but UTRGV, Utah Valley, Stephen F. Austin, all one, two, three. Stephen F. Austin, 19 and three on the year. UTRGV, 19 and four on the year. Utah Valley's won six matches in a row. So those three in particular playing really well. UTA, who you had a chance to see last week in person, they've won three matches in a row and sit at number four in the conference. So a lot to be sorted out yet there, but uh, basketball will be starting uh, actually what, two weeks, not even two weeks from now, about 10 days, something like that. November 7th, I believe is a Monday. And that's when most of our teams are playing. So that's pretty up yep, November 7th. I mean, that is oh, one, two, that's <laughs> less than two weeks away. It is. And you're going to be at CBU and you're going to have an opportunity to be a part of their broadcast for their opening games. 
Yeah, both their women and their men are playing. I believe their women play around 4 p.m. Uh, Pacific time and their men follow after both big non-conference matchups. But I'm super excited. Uh, California Baptist has the, on both men and the women's side have been, you know, pretty, pretty solid teams. You know, the men have the, the Armstrong brothers, Taryn Armstrong. I uh, was our whack freshman of the year last year. Tearing so it up. To get a, tearing it up. Decided to get a first look at a, two potentially really solid teams in the league. It'll be interesting to see CBU's uh, kind of new women's team after they've had such a great run the past few years. A lot of uh, players graduated or no longer there. Of course, Jared Olson has been whack coach of the year, and I'm sure he'll have his team uh, back competing, but it'll be a different cast of characters. So that'll be fun to watch as well as will the WAC Cross-Country Championships. We're going to talk about that coming up in our next segment with Robert Hansen, the head coach at Stephen F. Austin. You're listening to the WAC Podcast. Hercules Tires is the official tire of the Western Athletic Conference and for more than 65 years has been providing tires with unbeatable quality at an unmatched value. Whatever the vehicle and whatever the terrain, Hercules Tires invites you to ride on our strength. For a retailer near you, visit HerculesTires.com. Welcome back to the WAC Podcast. Eric Danner and Kendra Sheehan with you are now joined by Robert Hansen, the head cross-country track and field coach at Stephen F. Austin. As we mentioned in our previous segment, the Lumberjacks hosting our first championship of the season of the or this fall the cross-country championships. Coach Hanson, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. Coach, first off, uh, anytime you host a championship, it kind of takes on a, a life of its own. Not only are you getting your own athletes ready to compete, but at the same time, you're getting uh, everything ready for everybody to come in. And so you can show the, the everybody what a great place Nacogdoches is and what a great place Stephen F. Austin is. So, I, I know you have a very busy week. Kind of, what do you have going on right now for some of those preparations? Well, hosting a cross-country championship is pretty unique. It's a lot different than any other championship in that, you know, with the basketball, you're in the Coliseum, and it's a very fixed area that you're competing in and your warm-ups and all those things. But outside, we have a lot of things to contend with. We're over at Pecan Acres Park, which is adjacent to campus, but not on campus. And so we've got to get the grass cut. And we've got to mark the trail. We've got to fill some gopher holes because we've got some animals running around out there that are causing some hazards. So we've got truckloads of dirt and uh, some holes and getting everything squared away to make sure that the course is saf uh, fast and safe. Um, so, I mean, that's that's a small part of it, painting the uh, the starting line and the boxes, making sure our timers are here and ready to go and all the officials. So a lot of moving parts with the cross-country meet. Coach, and like I think you had talked about yesterday when we were on a, a championship call with all the coaches, you were talking about the course that you had, and, and you said something that it seemed to be pretty fast. It's pretty flat. There was maybe one incline that was about eight or eight seconds or so. But how much does the course play into effect um, when runners are coming from all over to compete in the in the championship and to have that fast course and uh, and. Uh, what you guys have there at uh, Stephen F. Austin over at Camp Park, Pecan Acres Park. Well, the, 
the the WAC is a very unique conference in that we have such a large footprint. We've got schools coming from Seattle and Riverside, California, and Grand Canyon as well, and Phoenix, and then of course our altitude schools. Uh, and so everybody has a very different training opportunity. So we're trying to come up with something that's going to be as fair as possible for everybody. Um, I think the one issue is that Pecan Acres Park is not the biggest park in the world. So we've got some smaller loops out there that we have to navigate and the trail is not super, super wide. So it kind of dictates the strategy a little bit in terms of positioning and where you want to be early in the race and how you want to move throughout the course of the race. So uh, there's a lot of variables there for sure. Coach, when you, when you have a championship like this and and you mentioned basketball and how that's different uh, in terms of setting it up. But the other thing is uh, the basketball teams will have well, more chances than not have played each other during the season. Whereas most of our schools, this is the first time you're going to be running against them this year. How, how does that play into your strategy? Obviously you, you ran against uh, the, these schools last year, but it's a new cast of characters and uh, sure. being so spread out. What, what, how do you approach going into a championship like this? Well, either way, you run the race and you've got to control your own controllables. So we try not to worry too much about what some of the other schools are doing and just uh, take care of business ourselves. We're going to train the way we train, no matter who we're up against. Uh, we have seen a few of these schools. We, you know, Sam is a big rival of ours. So we raced them a couple of times during the regular season, Abilene Christian as well. But you're right, we haven't gotten any exposure to any of the West Coast teams. Uh, how would we prepare for them? I think the same as we prepare for anybody else. We just train our butts off. And uh, then when it comes to the competition, you've got to be willing to sell out more than, than the other schools. Coach, my sister ran track and cross country over at Auburn. So I, I've gone to several different cross country meets and, and I've talked to her extensively about some of her practices and stuff. And so can you walk us through what the training looks like leading up to a big championship, how much you're actually running, how much you're, you're tapering off? Sure. You know, everybody's program is different. And, and within our program, we have a, several different training schemes going on. We've got athletes that run 40 and 50 miles a week, and we've got athletes that are running 80 and 90 miles a week. So everybody's a little bit individualized based on their specific skill sets. Um, but with that, we like to have a pretty balanced attack. We do some high aerobic training, some long runs, some tempo runs and threshold things. We also get on the track and we do some really fast intervals. We touch some really speedy things. We uh we vary up our surfaces again sometimes we're on the track sometimes we're on the road we're blessed to have some really great soft ground opportunities out uh out in the country a little bit five six miles from campus uh you know we're the lumberjacks right so uh forestry is a big major and we have this experimental forest that has beautiful trails on it in the trees you just get to be one with nature a little bit as we're running so switching up the surfaces and then certainly this that's knowing that we're going to be hosting at pecan acres park We've been out there quite a bit too, just kind of feeling the ground and uh, getting used to that loop. Again, it's not an overly challenging loop, but we know the ins and outs of it. And that's a big time advantage to us hosting is uh, knowing the course better than anybody else before they get here. Coach, I, we were kind of looking at the forecast here. And of course, you never know what it's going to be like until uh, Saturday morning. And there's a chance we could 
have some uh, rain, some precipitation happening. I, I was in Seattle last year for the Outdoor Track and Field Championships, and we saw some weather come in, uh, maybe not too severe, but it actually seemed to help some of the long distance runners in terms of, uh, we, we I think it was the 10K, we had eight runners break the previous record that had stood for however many years. Yep. As, as we get closer to Saturday, if there is weather, how does that uh, impact your runners? And is there a chance that, you know, maybe it does help? Yeah, so there are teams that are coming that probably haven't seen one drop of rain all year, and we've been training in the rain, so I think it's an advantage for us. Um, we've seen that course after it's rained, and it gets sloppy in some areas, a little bit muddy, a little bit slippery. Um, so, yeah, we'll, we'll take any advantage uh, that we can get, any opportunity that we can get one up on our on our opponents and our competitors is is awesome, and we're excited about that. I would love to see it be sloppy just because that feels like true cross country to me. I'm not a huge fan of overly manicured courses that are just perfect and perfectly flat and golf course type of uh, courses. And, and they do have their, their advantages too, but I like an old fashioned, nasty, sloppy, muddy, beat up cross country course. So uh, I welcome the rain. I'd love to have it. <laughs> love that i honestly think my sister would agree with you she used to do the steeplechase and so you get wet in that and she always was you know a huge fan of that but one of my favorite things i think about cross country that often gets overlooked is yes it's an individual sport but at least when i've been around it i feel like there is so much team camaraderie you know like with when your men are are running your women are either you know some of them are warming up or well they'll be done by then but you know, you're, you're constantly cheering on the person that's running. Walk me through just what the what the team looks like. I mean, I, as I kind of scroll through your women's roster, it seems like you do have a decent amount of upperclassmen. Men, it seems like you have more freshmen on there. But what is the camaraderie like of this team? And what are you kind of expecting for Saturday's championship? Well, my goal is... You know, I've been here for a year and my goal was to set up our seniors and our juniors that we had last year, which are our seniors now and some of them have graduated, but we want to put them in position to have an opportunity to be a leader and take the reins on on teaching the younger classmen and they've done a really good job of that. I've got some great uh, leaders in both genders, especially Rachel Taylor and Annie King on the women's side. They do a great job of, you know, the little things you show up to practice early, you stretch well, you're diligent in your warm ups and your cool downs, you, uh, you, uh, you host and you, you organize team functions, and they do a really nice job of that. And then you just bleed purple for us excitement and energy about being a lumberjack and a ladyjack. And so they do a really good job of that. And on the men's side, uh, we've got a couple of nice and steadies too with Max Murphy and Lewis Mills and Riley Elliott. They do a great job of, of leading from the front too. They're our best runners, but they're also our most vocal leaders and people that uh, are example every single day. On the ladies' side, we don't have as many freshmen like you, you had mentioned, the men's side. Uh, when I got here, we only had about eight guys. We're up to 20 right now, which is max capacity for us. And so 11 or 12 of them are newcomers, mostly freshmen, a couple of transfers as well. But we've got, got a lot of new faces on the men's side, which is exciting and good, and it bodes well for our future. But right now, it's a little bit like herding cats. They're just sort of everywhere right now. We're trying to keep them between the bumpers, keep them healthy too. 
a coach again going back to Seattle in the uh, in the spring. Uh, Phil Olson, longtime coach, uh, was his last hurrahs. The, the track and field coach there, and, and you guys went out with a championship there. What kind of influence has he had on uh, the track and field and, and cross country programs there at Stephen F. Austin? Well, for me personally, I mean, he was the one who hired me to be the head cross country coach last year, and um, he's just been an amazing mentor for me. I, I mean. Full disclosure, I got off the phone with him about an hour ago. I still talk to him all the time. He's still here in Nacogdoches, and he uh, he's willing to help me and, and reach out and give me mentorship all the time. So I'm always asking for advice on any little thing just because he's got so much experience. He is a big-time veteran, and he did things the right way. He's a great Christian man who um, sets an example for our program every single day. And so I just aspire to live up to his legacy a little bit. He won 40 championships in 23 years, and that's a high bar, but I'm excited to be in pursuit of that with our, with our group, with our program. Will we expect to see a guest appearance from him maybe on Saturday? You think he'll stop by the course? Well, speaking of being a Christian man, he's going on a mission this weekend. He'll be in Phoenix and, uh, so he's leaving on Friday, and he won't be back until Tuesday. So we're going to have to wait until the outdoor championships to be able to see Coach Olson at a track meet. Yeah, that's right. You get to host uh, both this year, the cross-country and outdoor track and field championships. Coach, uh, as we record this on Wednesday, we're about to release the, pre the pre-championship coaches poll. Uh, I don't know if you've had a chance to see that yet or not, but uh, you guys are picked kind of the middle of the pack. I think it's sixth place in the uh on the men's side and then seventh place on the women's side is that kind of where you thought you'd be picked and uh i imagine you know being being at home you probably want to finish a little higher than that yeah i think that's where we belong in the rankings right now we haven't demonstrated anything from from competition that says that we're necessarily better than that certainly in training and practice i think that we're a little bit stronger than that especially on the men's side but you know, the fourth, fifth, and sixth place teams on the men's side, I think, are going to be closer than some people maybe anticipate. So, you know, we'll just have to wait and see. Of course, we would like to show out being at home, but I know that we're a very young team, and so we're going to build and we're going to do it right, and we're going to adhere to our process. And, and so we will be what we will be, but we're going to go out and fight our butts off as best, as best we can. Coach, final question from me. You got homecoming this weekend. You got a big football game. What is campus going to be like? And, and how much are you, are you hoping that some, I know it's early, but some, some students and, and family and, and parents all in town come out and support the, uh, the Jacks as they host their cross-country meet as well? Yeah, I think there'll be a surprising amount of people that, that'll be out there because it's such a centrally located area. We've changed the course, and so now it's a lot more visible from the road. And so when we hosted uh, our home meet earlier this season, it got some people interested, and I heard from the community a little bit, hey, when are you hosting again? We'd love to be there, that kind of thing. And so, um, you know, I think that we'll have a decent presence out there. The football game doesn't start till 2. Sorry, the lawnmower just snuck up on me. I don't know if you can hear that. I'm trying to move down here just a little bit. Um, yeah, you know, I think that we're going to have a pretty decent presence out there just because the concert, the bonfire, the drone show are literally right across the street. So people are going to see that the night before and hopefully come on out. But we have a lot of families too. having a Texas contingent of like ACU and Sam and some of those other schools uh, are going to bring some folks to town as well. 
Coach, last thing for for me is uh, we've had a debate here in the office. Is it uh, pecan or pecan acres yeah. park? <laughs> That's such a great question. And I've always said pecan, pecan, pecan. And I've bounced back and forth. There are days <laughs> where I'll say pecan, but then actually Coach Olson, I was having dinner with him a week or two ago. He said, you can't say pecan. And he's from Texas. He's a Fort Worth guy. Right. He says, you can't say pecan. That's, you know, if you're out in the woods and you got to go to the bathroom, you use a pecan. You don't eat pecans. <laughs> so, um, honestly, it could go either way. In whatever way the wind is blowing for me, sometimes pecan, sometimes pecan. Well, uh, we'll, we'll be looking for you out there at Pecan Acres <laughs> Park uh, this Saturday. Uh, Kendra will be out there. She'll be doing Instagram live updates all during the meet. And then we'll have a post meet uh, video that uh, I'm going to be putting together. So uh, everybody can look forward to, to things like that. Coach Hanson, appreciate you taking some time out, especially on this very busy week. And good luck to you. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Actually, that is Robert Hanson, the cross-country track and field coach at Stephen F. Austin. Thanks for listening to the WAC Podcast. Thanks for listening to the WAC Podcast. Make sure to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. And check out our website at WACsports.com.